Good morning, Boker Tov. Thank you so much for being with us this morning as we continue to try to perfect ourselves, improve ourselves, better ourselves, to be the very best version of ourselves with the help of the Ramchal of Moshe Chaim Lutzato, the Mesilas Yesharim, which has given for the last several centuries the formula, the prescription to the Jewish people and to all of humanity of how to step-by-step work on ourselves, to conquer certain urges, to improve ourselves in order to be able to go to sleep every night feeling proud that we had our best days, we lived our best selves. I want to thank our dear friends, Chani and Lenny Grunstein, for continuing to sponsor the series for the year of the 10 Minutes of Meaning in Memory of Chani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak, who's Neshama Shalav and Aliyah. We are on the 11th parak of Mesila Sisharim. The Ramchal has taken us through the first two attributes, not that we've perfected them, but we continue to work on them. Number one, Zihirus, to live a life of caution, vigilance, mindfulness, consciousness, to really think about everything we say and do, not just to do what comes impulsively or instinctively. People who do that sabotage their own success. They sabotage their own happiness. We all know people like that. Maybe we are people like that, who say whatever comes to our mind, and only later do we have to clean up that mess of having hurt the people we care about, who do whatever comes immediately into our kishkas, to our gut, And immediately we have to clean up whatever mess of whatever money we lost in the stock market, whatever poor decision or poor judgment we showed. Instead, if we could train ourselves and cultivate ourselves to live with a level of zahiris, to have a mindfulness, to pause and think, should I say this? Does it make sense? How will it be received? What difference will it make? Should I do this? What are the ramifications? What are the consequences, intended and unintended, about what I'm about to do? Says Ramchal, if we begin to train ourselves, to cultivate ourselves, to mold ourselves, not to simply react instinctively and intuitively, but to be thoughtful and mindful in everything that we think, say, and do, how we transform our lives, our happiness, our relationships, our success, every area. And while we work on that, we move to the second quality, which is zrizus, alacrity, enthusiasm, zeal. You see, if you're overly mindful, there's you know, analysis paralysis. If you think too much, you'll never get anything done. And so once you've identified what you want to do and who you want to be and what your goals you want to accomplish, make a resolution, chart a path, and go pursue them with abandon. Go and make them happen. Be thoughtful, be careful. However, don't analysis paralysis. Don't get stuck. Figure out what you want to do. What books do you want to read? What relationships do you want to improve? How do you want to be spending your time? How do you want to make your lifestyle, your diet, your exercise? How do you want your davening to improve? Every area of life, identify the goal, the resolution, and then could pursue it and make it happen. And that brings us up to our third quality, which is Nikias. Nikias is the ability to purge from ourselves, to eliminate and remove those obstacles, not just to confront them and overcome them, but to be able to live at such a high level that in fact, We've eliminated the things that bring us down. And so we spent a long time on Gezel. One of the things that affects almost everyone universally is that pull towards money. Because after all, money is what sustains us, it's what nourishes us. Many mistakenly think it's what gives us happiness. It can buy a lot of things, but not necessarily happiness. There are a lot of people with a lot of money who are very unhappy. And there are people with no money who found the ability for great happiness. So they don't necessarily correlate. Money can do a lot of things, but it can't buy happiness or meaning. But a lot of people are pulled towards money to the point that it clouds our judgment. And we make a mistake not to reach in someone's pocket and steal, but to to abuse their time, to abuse their trust, 
to misrepresent, to overpromise and underdeliver, to compete unfairly, and so on. We then moved over to the second area, which is arayos. Arias is promiscuity. Arias is sexuality. Freud had it right. There is a drive in universal man that also clouds our judgment and makes great people, people of great accomplishment and esteem, people of genius and charisma, have thrown away their lives, their relationships, their happiness because of this drive. And now we move over to a third area. And now the Ramchal moves over to what he calls the promiscuity or adultery of the mouth, what we would call profanity. Now I have to tell you, I wrote an article about it a few months ago, that in our day and in our time, profanity has exploded. It's become more mainstream. Politicians, elected leaders, people who are supposed to be models of dignity and class are at unprecedented rates having no problem employing profanity from the highest office in the land down to those competing with him claiming to be more presidential. People in positions of leadership and distinction. In fact, I saw a, a analysis. In 2014, there were 83 instances of lawmakers using profane words online. 2017, it grew to a whopping 1,571. And in 2018, there were 2,409. And in 2019, it put all those numbers to shame. It's as if there is no filter. The filter has been removed. People feel free to use any vocabulary, any words, the profanity of the mouth. And the Ramchal gets into, what's the problem with that? Our rabbis already screamed and they told us, When they said there shouldn't be found within us any erva, nakedness, promiscuity, Ervas davar, anything, davar, that word davar can also mean dibur. Through our language, through our speech, through how we choose to communicate and articulate, we say everything about us. Are we operating at a high level? Are we at selam elokim? Are we godly? Are we disciplined and dignified? Do we have integrity? Or are we base animals who lose ourselves to employ shock terminology, profanity, nivope, ervas dibur, nivope. What the rabbis call nivelpeh. Nivelpeh are the obscenities of speech. Nivel, like a, like a manuvel, a lowlife. You can be a lowlife in your thought, you can be a lowlife in your actions, and you can be a lowlife in your speech. You know, just because you're wearing a custom-made suit, and you're wearing an uber-expensive tie, and you drive the most expensive car, and you're a hedge fund manager trading in billions of dollars, if you employ profanity, your nivelpeh makes you a manuvel. It makes you a lowlife. Whether we are considered to be dignified or a low life is very much reflected on the words that we use. Are we smart enough and patient enough and thoughtful enough? Can we articulate and can we put together our thoughts in a way that's persuasive and compelling without having to use the shock terminology of profanity? Or do we live in a world that we just want the shock value? And in fact, we give in to that animal instinct to use that profanity. Our rabbis taught us the Gemara in Shabbos that because of this mistake of nivel of lowering ourselves with the obscenity of the mouth, tragedies occur around us. A person who's menaveled their piv, we take that beautiful gift which differentiates us from the animal world, which is the power of speech, and we compromise it, we, we forfeit it, we lower it, by using it for profane language and profane jokes and profane uh, curses, so that such a person ma'amikim lo gehenim, they're they're going to see the depths of gehenim. Rabbi 
Chazal had an interesting insight. They said, everyone knows what happens on a wedding night. We all know where the bride and groom go that night. But a person who articulates it, a person who spells it out, a person who thinks it's funny, a cynic, a sarcastic individual who references where the bride and groom are going that night, Hofchen lo lera, a gzar din of 70 years, even a decree of 70 years is converted into a decree of misfortune. That means to say, sometimes we all see, we all know, but you don't have to put it in words. You don't have to say everything you think. You don't have to say everything you know. And even there, the nivopeh, the profanity, is not employing a curse. The profanity is referencing or alluding to or painting a portrait that's simply grossly inappropriate. We're accountable even for the simple, casual conversations. Maybe you'll think it's just between me and my spouse. It's confidential between me and a friend. So big deal if I use a curse. Big deal if I describe something explicit. We've lowered ourselves. We are accountable not only as for speaking nivopeh, for lowering ourselves to employ this type of language, but we're accountable for receiving it, for listening to it, for accepting it as well. Because again, it says everything about us, who we hang out with and what we tolerate and the kind of language that we allow and we listen to and we smile and we smirk and we enjoy and we're entertained and we give feedback as if we're okay, then we ourselves are accountable for it. We can do so much better, we could reach so much higher. Whether it's in our emails and our text messages, whether it's the links that we're sharing or the pictures, the memes or the gifs, whether it's the words that we're using, no matter how many frustrated or angry or worried or competing, or no matter how much we're trying to elicit a shock out of others, we can do so much better, we can be so much careful, and it says so much about who we are. So write to Ramchal, so you'll say, Vim Adam Lomar, when were the rabbis talking that you have to be so careful with nivopeh for the person who's flying off the handle? A person who's so angry, who's in such a fit of rage, they're cursing, they're using profanity to feed their anger. Such a person can't curse. Why? Not because the cursing is wrong, the profanity is wrong, but because we need to be protected from the anger and from the jealousy and from the envy and so on and so forth. So you might say, but if I'm calm, cool, collect. I stub my toe, no one's around, I want to curse. What's the big deal? It helps me release the pain. Or I'm frustrated and therefore I want to react by cursing. Or I'm even talking to someone and I'm using a profanity or curse, but I'm not flying off the handle. I haven't lost my cool. I'm not filled with envy or arrogance. So I'm not feeding or giving in to some other, other negative attribute. But if you're using profanity, if you're using a curse word as a joke, it's a joke. You're trying to get people to laugh. So then what's the big deal? Says the Ramchal, Tell such a person, that it's your Yetzirah that is trying to seduce you and persuade you to believe that if you're using profanity as a joke and it's not really feeding a negative quality, it's okay. When the Pasuk, when the verse explicitly he says, be careful with how you speak. Be trained with your language. It's not talking about somebody who's going to violate one of the three cardinal sins. It's not talking about somebody who's giving in to their anger or flying off their handle. Whether it's false flattery or whether it's gossip or whether it's profanity, these are all using and abusing the gift that was given that makes us unique and distinguish that elevates us over animals. And when a person takes that gift of speech, 
Talk to a stroke victim, someone on a ventilator. Talk to somebody with Alzheimer's or progressive uh, dementia, memory loss. Talk to somebody who's lost that power to articulate their thoughts, to capture them. Talk to Yitzi Hurwitz with ALS who has to move his eyes in order to speak. You know what the gift of the power of speech is? You know what it is to be able to just say freely whatever comes to your mind, to communicate and transmit it to another? And we're going to take that gift a gift that doesn't belong to the animal kingdom, a gift that too many of our fellow men have been denied from illness and the like, and we have that gift and you're going to simply forfeit it, you're going to compromise it, you're going to corrupt it by using it for gossip and by using it for anger and by using it for profanity and by using it for false flattery. You've absolutely corrupted this incredible gift. And not only that, you've thrown it in the face of the one who's gifted it to us. Because who gives us that gift? The Almighty. He gave it, he could take it away. God forbid. We've seen people who wake up, Bell's palsy, stroke victim, woke up, God forbid, coronavirus. People who wake up and they went to bed the night before speaking freely and comfortably, and now it's gone. And we who wake up and still have it, be careful with it. Hold on to it. It's a treasure. Use it carefully. Use it judiciously. Because if we abuse it, if we use it corruptly, we're spitting in the face of the one who gave it to it. Our rabbis caution us to be exceedingly, exceedingly careful. You know, if we don't use our, our power of speech carefully, we are contaminating the entire environment around us. We are contaminating the world by introducing this language and introducing this speech. We're lowering ourselves. It doesn't just reflect passion or feeling or emotion. It's not a healthy way to release pain. In fact, it's the opposite. There's scientific evidence. We'll end today with this. Professor Benjamin Bergen shared the research behind cursing. He describes how stroke victims can still swear fluently even if their other language abilities are severely impaired. Advanced language comes from the more sophisticated parts of the brain. Swearing taps into much more primal neural hardware in the basal ganglia. Tourette syndrome, which involves dysfunction of the, bas uh, the basal ganglia, can cause an overwhelming urge to swear. The animal part of us wants to curse. When we hold back, we're expressing our humanity. So when you're choosing your words and choosing whether you're willing to give into that profanity, ask yourself, are you an animal or are you a godly spirit? Chazal, the rabbis in Shabbos, Lamed Gimel, were so opposed to this nivel peh. When we express self-control and discipline, we're imitating God. We're exhibiting our soul, our dignity, and class. And when we fail and give into the nature, natural urge to curse or swear, it's demeaning. We have diminished ourselves. It's not easy always to fight that urge, but we can and we must because we elevate ourselves in that process. I know we can reach higher. Part of becoming the best or better version of ourselves is being even more careful with what we speak and how we speak and tapping into that godliness within us. Have a great day. Living with Amuna starts in 15 minutes.